Hi, this is Jeffrey Aaron behind the old blue ball microphone. We celebrate International Women's Month with a good story that has panned out into a great one. At Air Cargo Europe 2017, United Airlines Cargo President Jan Krems and Lufthansa Cargo Executive Board member and CEO Peter Gerber met and hosted an afternoon soiree to celebrate the signing of a landmark air cargo venture. Mr. Krems spoke of the partnership moving forward, quote, we're combining two of the leading cargo carriers in the world, and it's been very exciting to see how our teams, with all their experience and ideas, have come together to create something new. I think both teams agree one plus one adds up to much more than two. The real reward for all this effort and teamwork will come later in the year when we bring our networks together and begin transporting shipments between Europe and the United States, Jan said. The Lufthansa United Cargo Joint Venture will provide numerous benefits to our customers because our continental and transatlantic networks, our hubs and our fleet complement each other effectively, declared Peter Gerber. Well, you know, what they say about the best laid plans of mice and men. So we decided to look into the alliance, not from the structured press conference point of view, but down the line, some months later, from the perspective of the people that at both United and Lufthansa Cargo tasked with making the alliance work. Stepping up to the plate charged with delivering on the promises, hopes and dreams are too smart, high-powered female cargo executives named Laura Lively, Cargo Alliance's manager from United Cargo, and Claudia Stenke, Senior Manager Strategy and Airline Cooperations at Lufthansa Cargo. Past the preamble, job one right from the startup, a year later for both ladies, is to see to it that this ambitious joint venture not only got off the ground properly, but now continues its journey toward an inexorable rendezvous, the place everybody wants to be. They're looking for greatness here. But there's something else. Both these ladies are enormously charming and seem willing to look for the silver lining in this joint venture. The way it ought to be, we say. In many respects, these ladies are traveling down a lonesome road. It's no secret that many alliances and joint ventures have been less than stellar, In fact, some, I recall one between Lufthansa, Japan Airlines, and SAS that was called WOW, that came along with a lot of hope and hoopla, it took off into threatening skies, and ended up with a rude landing. But from all reports, the United Lufthansa cargo has got it going. We gathered these comments recently in Chicago and Frankfurt. Sure, the positive nature of this report is here. But there's also word up that some groundbreaking, possibly game-changing good is underway for air cargo at two great airlines. Laura Lively is ready to roll. Engagement, she says, between the JV partners is solid, and operationally the cooperation is clearly benefiting our customers. There's much more we plan to achieve, but we're proud of where we are right now and excited about where we're going. United Cargo usually launches one or two new markets at a time, whenever the passenger side of our business develops a new opportunity, Lori explains. Our JV with Lufthansa generated numerous new destinations in Europe all at once. In fact, we hadn't opened this many cargo markets concurrently since United Airlines took over Pan American's Pacific Division routes in the 1980s.
but it's a lot more than new destinations. Our JV also creates new and more convenient connection options for our customers, and these expand geometrically with every new phase of the venture. Laurie also points out the getting to know you factor. My biggest kick, she says, has been watching our two teams grow in their support of each other and their commitment to the joint venture. United and Lufthansa operations sales, technology, revenue, management, marketing, and other groups came to respect each other's insights and expertise. The breakthroughs come when we realized that we're doing things our way, but that's not the only way, maybe not even the best way. But technology makes it possible. All aspects of the JV are equally important, Lori says, but the shared technology developed for the JV is the platform that makes customer benefits possible. The IT setup that allows the UA and LH cargo systems to talk to each other is a major achievement and something that didn't exist until our two teams created it together. The key to the cooperation is that we didn't ignore or downplay our differences. Instead, we agreed to make our cultural diversity an asset. As trust, respect, and friendship grew amongst the teams, we recognized that this has been a key to achieving what we're working toward, delivering the highest quality service to more customers around the world. Claudia Stenke, Lufthansa Cargo's Senior Manager Strategy and Airline Cooperation, is quite assertive when she talks about the new Lufthansa United Cargo Cooperation. This cooperation, she says, actually works. I think the reason it's working is because we approach our partnership and the JV-related topics like an open book. While Claudia is keenly aware of the drawbacks and pitfalls that other cooperations experienced, she cannot say enough about the prospects of this latest attempt at cooperation, underscoring right away that the setup of these two airlines together is great in the market. The combination of our two global and local networks simply works for our customers and employees, including all of our flights from the United States and the Europe. It's very impressive, she said. In some cases, we've been able to double our offered capacity for Lufthansa customers while opening up exciting new opportunities to sell new markets. For us, as example, Hawaii is a great destination that's brand new to our airline, expands our thinking of future possibilities. We are monitoring continued high market acceptance from the customer. But quite frankly, I'm still impressed that the demand even outmatched our highest expectations from day one. What's more, we are hopeful for full implementation of our alliance ahead. We started with a few cities, moving together into bigger markets on a measured pace. Now we are expanding the United and Lufthansa cargo offering into feeder markets, Claudia said. One of the positives, Claudia Stenke said, is that both United and Lufthansa can learn a lot from each other, bringing together two sets of the best ideas. The key is to stabilize what we have in place. Looking ahead as we move forward into 2019, we hope to enhance our standard offering by adding other products and more.
This is Jeffrey Aaron, as we recall the greatest aviation historian, Ronald Edward George R.E.G. Davies, curator of air transport, the National Air and Space Museum in Washington, who died Saturday, July 30, 2011, in Shaftesbury, England, at 90 years old. Ron's legacy to aviation is captured in 25 books and other social efforts and are as pioneering and important in scope as many of the subjects he wrote about, including Lindbergh, Earhart, the Berlin Airlift, and almost every major airline in the world, past and present. Although we were friends and colleagues and even tackled a few projects together during our three decades, the last talking session we had was inside Ron's apartment in McLean, Virginia, in 2010. For no particular reason other than my need to capture moments in both words and pictures, I had brought along a small digital camera. I recorded the entire 90-minute conversation, never knowing that this scrap of footage would be the last ever taken of my dear friend. We shared some moments with Ron Davies, recalling the interviews and travels, having landed at some point and been greeted on the Normandy beaches of France in 1944, and later globetrotting for Douglas and de Havilland aircraft builders, and even later for Smithsonian's National Air and Space Museum, circumnavigating the planet again and again, coming and going. We asked who were the most memorable people he met during his long tenure as the Dean of Aviation Writers and Historians. Sir, you're coming, coming to the end of a very long and distinguished career. Could you tell me, sir, who's the most interesting person you met or a couple of people that you met that made an impression upon you that you think about today? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh, dear. Sure. You should have given me advance notice because I, in, I mean, I'm getting old, so I've met so many people. I think the most recent one is Frank Lorenzo. Yeah. The notorious Frank Lorenzo. He's very interesting, and every time I've met him, when I was doing the uh, doing my book on Continental Airlines, I interviewed him in 1984, and uh, I found him. He's the uh, devil incarnate, according to all the pilots, but I found him to be a perfect gentleman. Yeah. What was it about him? I mean, just his mannerism or what well, he, I how he asked, thought about I, It was just when uh, Continental Airlines, he'd just broken up Continental Airlines yeah. because the pilots wouldn't talk to him about reduce. That was when Continental was losing one and a half million dollars a day. Yeah. And nearly all the employees at Continental, including Lorenzo himself, had taken a pay cut, and the pilots wouldn't even talk to him. And yeah. I interviewed him, and he said, uh, I was his secretary, who only retired recently, Millie. Uh, Millie said, oh, yes, I'll arrange a meeting for you at six o'clock this evening. He'll spend a few minutes. Um, I, he gave me almost an hour, and we just chatted, and he explained to me, he said, I, how can you uh, he said, I'm, and that's when he closed down the airline, if you remember, and the pilots got their revenge later. Yeah. But, um, I, and I'm going to interview him again at his ranch up in New Jersey soon. So he's one of the most people I've, but I, I, uh, I, I, oh, I must tell you about, I once had tea with J.R.D. Tata, the founder of Air India. I was at a conference in Delhi, uh, at a big um, conference of the uh, uh, 
Travel Association Group International, PATA, yes. Pacific Area Travel Association. They yes. were holding their annual session in uh, Delhi and in the Ashoka Hotel. And JRD had a suite of rooms. And I phoned his secretary and said, would it be possible to interview him? He invited me up for tea. And I sat across rather like this and with a they brought in a tray of tea and cakes, and I had tea with J.R.D. Tata. Yeah. I'm very proud of, of that. What did you ask him? I just asked him, or very general, about it. Yeah. And he was the man who founded Air India, and 50 years later, he flew the same aeroplane to, uh, to England. Wow. 50 years later, he was a great player. And, of course, in the end, the... Uh, bureaucrats in Delhi got rid of him and uh, Air India started to go downhill. Yeah. Would Freddie Laker be somebody? I, yes, thank you. Yeah, yeah, Freddie, yeah. Oh, knew Fred very well. Yeah. And uh, his wife made a lovely cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, was, I remember I was standing at the loo once at Douglas because I was head of market research at Douglas. And Douglas I was Aircraft. in the gents' loo and the boy said, I said, hi, Ron, and there was Fred next to me. Jeez. Did, did he ever tell you about flying monkeys into, uh, in, into London on converted Lancaster bombers from India during no, when they were doing that? I, I guess he was probably one of them. They, they did yeah. it for uh, scientific research. Yeah, he, yeah, well, they always try to keep it kind of hush hush. I'll tell you one thing you know, one of the airplanes, British airplanes, yeah. uh, the uh, Avro Tudor. Yeah. I remember Peter Maysville, for, well, Peter Maysville has to be, yeah. I worked for Peter Maysville directly wow. as one of his staff for nine, nine years. Wow. And I remember at the ministry in 1947 when the Tudor was, they were trying to resurrect it. And the, he came into the office and we were talking about it. And he said, I know two things about the Tudor. I do not know which is the Ruder. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but, uh, yeah, I got I got a uh, I, my picture is in uh, Sir Peter Maysfield wrote his book, and uh, before leaving BEA where he was the head man of yeah. what you call a president, he had a picture taken of all his staff, and I'm I'm in that picture. Yeah. So Peter Maysfield and Freddie Laker, and I must mention Clarkson, Richard Clarkson. Oh my goodness, yes, he, he was the chief aerodynamicist of, of um, de Havilland, for, and I came theoretically under him. I was in, uh, I was head of market research there. I started the market research group there. And I, he was a, an acerbic individual, uh, highly intellectual. He did all the beautiful aerodynamics of those beautiful de Havilland aeroplanes. And he was, uh, he, he used to, he used to ride the uh, uh, ride to the hounds, <laughs> and uh, but he was known. You had to be careful with him. He was a very uh, uh, he couldn't stand falls glad, uh, gladly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He, he couldn't couldn't stand he couldn't stand many intelligent people gladly either. <laughs> and I always remember at one meeting. I was a quite junior. I was a I was a manager, but I went to a meeting once to discuss some esoteric subject about the new aeroplane and there were about four or five directors at his meeting. We all sat round a table 
and uh, after about three quarters of an hour discussing this, he said, right, uh, let us uh, sum up what our conclusions, and he asked each one of us, we, we went round the table one by one, and asked what they thought, and I was the last one, and the most junior, and by the time it got to me, uh, everybody else had already said what I was going to say. So I thought, I can't just repeat it, I'd better think of something. So I said something, I thought I said something. And there was a long silence when old Clarkson, uh, he didn't dare interrupt his long silences. And he said, well, thank you, Davis, for that penetrating statement of the obvious. <laughs> and ever since then, I've learned never to say anything if I've got nothing to say. Uh, if you'd like further information on developing air cargo topics, go to www.aircargonews.com. If you'd like a free subscription to Air Cargo News and to our thrice-weekly publication, Flying Typers, write to me, Jeffrey, at aircargonews.com. In the meantime, thanks for watching, and keep them flying. Thank you.